I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, confusion over COVID booster shots. My guest today to try to iron out that confusion is Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday. I'm going to ask her who should be lining up for the shots, why California is charting its own path on boosters, and whether we're going to need these boosters every six months going forward. Fair warning, I am fighting a little bit of a nagging cough. Aaron, it's not COVID. I did have a test. It was negative, but let's get right into it. Aaron, it can be really hard to keep track of this. Who should be getting boosters right now? There is a lot of confusion. Um, It's not surprising people are confused because there's been a lot of different messaging out there for a long period of time. Fortunately, we're at a place now where the answer is, is fairly simple and should hopefully ease that confusion. And the answer is everybody. Right now, um, the the recommendation is that pretty much everybody should be getting boosters. And I only say pretty much because you do need to be six months out from your second dose. But here in the Bay Area, the way our vaccine rollout played out, pretty much everybody is at that six-month point now. So when we say everybody, we really mean everybody should just be going and getting booster right now. All right. But California has sort of veered off of what the federal government is doing, the CDC, the FDA. Why are they doing that? What are officials saying about it? Yeah, that's where things have gotten kind of interesting. So, you know, the FDA and the CDC sort of famously about a month ago laid out these very um, kind of qualified rules for who should be getting boosters. And it's, you know, who was eligible for them, who was recommended to get boosters, who was allowed to get boosters. It was just it was really hard, I think, for people to keep track of. Um, And it made it just, again, you know, for this confusion we talked about. And what happened was, I think, you know, locally and in in California, you know, we had our our leaders kind of responding to that confusion and understanding that it was really impacting booster uptake. So the people they really wanted to be getting boosters, um, which is especially this kind of group of 65 and older people with underlying medical conditions, they weren't getting boosters. And they think it's partly because everybody was just confused. But the other aspect is what we're seeing is, you know, Everybody kind of has some waning immunity um, at this point with their vaccines. And the concern is as we get closer into the winter season um, that we're going to get sort of more breakthrough infections. We're going to get more people who are fully vaccinated. They're going to are going to get sick and that that could then increase transmission. We'll get, you know, another rise in cases and that that will downstream result in more hospitalizations and kind of serious disease, even amongst those who are fully vaccinated. And so. You know, they have models, they have various ways of uh, of looking at that, you know, our public health officials. And they were just as as we get closer and closer to the holidays, they were seeing that those models play out and really kind of getting concerned about what was going to happen and felt like they needed to act even, you know, before the FDA and CDC. OK, I get a little bit nervous, Aaron, because we're talking about confusion. It's really hard to keep track of. But is it OK if I ask you about mixing and matching Pfizer, Moderna, J&J? What do we do? Yeah, I mean, that's that's I mean, I think that that's that also feeds into the confusion. And again, it's one of those things where it is confusing to think about. But the answer is simple, which is it kind of doesn't matter if you know everybody should be getting a booster and get whichever one you can get your hands on. Um, you know, a lot of folks are recommending that you stick with your original shot, but that's just mostly for simplicity's sake. Um, it's just, you know, it's easier to just tell people if you got Pfizer, get Pfizer. If you got Moderna, get Moderna. But the truth is you should just make an appointment when you can get one and get whatever whatever shot they're handing out that day. But there are some people saying that maybe with Moderna, the need isn't as great. That's I mean, that definitely I mean, you can get into nuance here. So the truth is that not everyone is fully on board with the need for everybody to get boosted. 
backing away from the fact that, you know, we've just simplified it. Let's go ahead and make it complicated again, because it is a little bit of a complicated thing. And the truth is, for something like Moderna, we actually don't have data that says Moderna is waning the same way that Pfizer and certainly Johnson and Johnson are. So, I mean, there's a very good argument to be made that people who got Moderna don't need to get boosters, that none of them need to get boosters. Um, And I think That's something that a lot of scientists are kind of stepping up and saying, whoa, 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 hold on a second. What are we, you know, why are we messaging this? Um, You know, we we shouldn't be recommending boosters for everybody when we don't actually have the data to support support that everybody needs it. But we also don't have data that getting the booster with the Moderna hurts you in any way. We don't. There's, you know, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, one of the, the concerns is, you know, Moderna does come with a very slight increased risk for this myocarditis, that heart inflammation particularly in young adult males, so men, you know, under age 30. And so there, you know, there have been some folks who have said, do we really want to encourage, you know, every 20-something male who got Moderna in this country to get a Moderna booster that could potentially do them no good at all if if their immunity is not waning and they don't need it, you know, but they could have some risk of myocarditis. Is that irresponsible to be making that recommendation? But I don't think that that anybody thinks that that's such a big risk that it's it's not something that I get the sense people are really concerned about now. But that's that certainly is part of the conversation. That's part of the uncertainty. And, and we don't have the data to back up really any of this right now. If we could step back just a little bit, Aaron, I mean, what do we know about waning immunity in this pandemic? What are we learning? Is Is there still a lot to be learned in the future? Yeah, there's definitely still a lot to be learned. I think that's that's part of the problem here is all of this is playing out in real time, right? So, you know, we're everybody kind of wants to have these answers and they don't understand why we don't have the answers, but you know, we're we're not used to this this sort of live experiment, right? Where we're all part of the experiment, where we've all been sort of given this thing without knowing, you know, how long is it going to be effective for? When are we going to need to get boosters? And so we can't we can't have those answers until that time has passed. Um, we know that Pfizer immunity wanes. So that's that's something we know for sure. And the reason that we know that is because Pfizer came out first. It was first to be approved. It was the first to be given out in large quantities to the population. And in particular, Israel got ahead of everybody and vaccinated almost its entire population with Pfizer you know, ahead of the world. And so everybody's looking to Israel. And that's where we're getting a lot of our data on waning immunity with Pfizer. You know, We don't have as much information on Moderna because it came out a little bit later in the United States and because Israel, we don't have the Israel example with Moderna. So we don't really have that data set to see, you know, how it's holding up. But we, we, you know, we have enough data with both Moderna and Pfizer at this point to kind of compare and contrast. And it does look like Moderna holds up a lot stronger than Pfizer in terms of that durability, the long lasting immunity. We don't really see that same kind of waning effectiveness that that we're definitely seeing with Pfizer. And then Johnson & Johnson, you know, kind of stands alone. We don't talk about it as much because not as many people got it. But that one is is definitely waning immunity and definitely people need the booster from that. And we also have data now that shows, you know, the breakdown in, in effectiveness for, you know, s- severe disease, you know, in preventing how the vaccines are working in preventing hospitalization and death from COVID versus just, um, you know, any sort of symptomatic infection. And that's, you know, that gets to be a little bit, you know, it kind of confuses the situation further. I think what we're seeing is that even Pfizer, like both of all of these vaccines actually still hold up really well in preventing hospitalizations, right, and preventing serious illness. 
But the, where we see the real loss in sort of effectiveness is in preventing of that symptomatic disease. So just people getting, you know, sick at all. And a lot of the big uncertainty is we don't know about transmission from that. So like if you are, you know, have two doses of Pfizer and you get a breakthrough infection and you're not feeling well, how likely are you to then spread that to someone else? And how likely are you to spread that to, you know, a 70-year-old person who is maybe a little bit immune compromised and they're vaccinated too, but if they get sick, they could get really sick. And that's just, that's where the uncertainty really comes in. And I think that's what's guiding a lot of sort of our movement now with with just saying, you know what, we're not even going to mess with this. Everybody get your booster. Let's just you know, we don't have those answers, but we're not willing to gamble on, you know, things getting really bad. I have more questions for you, Aaron. But first, a quick break on Fifth and Mission. I want to tell our listeners that the Chronicle's having a sale on unlimited digital access. It's 26 weeks for 99 cents. And Aaron, that is not 99 cents a week. That is 99 cents total for 26 weeks. Go to sfchronicle.com slash pod to sign up. Aaron, everyone's talking about booster shots now, but is this a one-time thing or are we just going to have boosters every six months or every year? Yeah, unfortunately, that's another one of those those questions that, you know, because this is playing out in real time, we just don't know the answer to it yet. You know, a lot of the folks that I talk to think that it's very likely we'll be looking at an annual vaccine. Um, it probably won't be every six months, you know. There's a good chance that this will become some sort of seasonal thing, right? Like we'll see kind of COVID rear up, you know, once a year, like when it gets colder, that kind of thing. We don't know that for sure, but it could play out that way. And I think the hope is that at the very least, you know, a third shot will give us a little bit more durable immunity. So we won't see this sort of, you know, tanking in antibodies after six months, but but get a little bit longer reach out of them. You know, it's six, like every six months really isn't reasonable, right? Like in the long term. But there's, there is the possibility that this could just be a three shot vaccine. Um, if you look in kind of the history of vaccines, there's a lot of, there's, there's very few vaccines that work with just one shot. There are quite a few that work, you know, after two. And there's quite a few that you just need three shots. Like you need to get three doses over a period of time and then you're fully protected for the rest of your life. So I think there is some hope that that could be the case with this one. Um, and it's also, especially if they hold up well against severe illness, which, again, is what we're seeing. And if if getting an infection, you know, post-vaccination is kind of like getting a cold, then that, you know, we may just say, screw it, you know, you're fine with three doses. And yes, you can t- technically get infected, but you're going to be fine. Like, we're not going to recommend boosters for everyone every year if we're talking about a very, very mild illness. So that's all, you know, we need to see how that plays out over time. Next week, Aaron, is Thanksgiving. So we're looking at the holidays. We're also seeing some rising numbers around the Bay Area in terms of COVID infections. What do we have in store for us? Are we in for a surge? Yeah. I mean, that is sort of the really big question, right? Um I think we we don't know. I think pretty much everybody anticipates we will see an uptick in cases. That's just, you know, we're all going to people are going to get together for the holidays. People are being told, go ahead and get together. I think, you know, our health officials recognize that it was really tough last year and they recognize that it's really important for people to spend time with their family and loved ones over the holidays. And so they're giving out advice to kind of do that safely, which basically comes down to make sure everyone's vaccinated, um, you know, try to be in a well-ventilated space if you can. Get um, a booster. Get a booster, exactly. Um, 
So, you know, people are going to get together, as they should, but that also means we're going to see some cases and maybe a lot of cases. I think, you know, what we really should be paying attention to is how that's reflected in our our hospitalizations. The the concern, and, and this is some, you know, some folks that I've talked to have said, our hospitals kind of always exist in this, like, not quite on the brink, but like they're designed to work pretty close to capacity just, you know, as a matter of course. It's like cost efficiency, right? So it doesn't really take a lot to kind of push them to the brink, to get them into a place where they're really kind of slammed. Um, they're very busy. They're, they're um, you know, having to kind of move patients around and just be thinking about, you know, how to treat everybody. And so if you get, you know, a significant, even, even a small but significant increase in COVID, and then you get a flu season, you know, on top of that. And you're talking about a workforce that's exhausted, right? Like they've been at this for almost two years. So these people are just, they're they're run down. They've done such incredible work, but they're so tired. So I think you see these three factors coming together and, and we really, you know, once again, want to protect our hospitals. And so I think that's that's what we're all going to be paying attention to. And the good news is that with this Delta surge in the summer, we saw a pretty you know, we saw an uptick in hospitalizations, but it wasn't nearly as matched to the case counts as we've seen in previous surges. So what we saw was there were a lot of cases, not as many hospitalizations. And I think our vaccinations are, our, our rates are even higher now. And with boosters on board, I think there's a very good chance that we will actually get through this this winter in, in pretty good shape. But a lot of the vulnerability, isn't it, is in the unvaccinated community and get-togethers over the holidays. It is, but you know that community is getting smaller all the time. I mean, in in multiple counties in the Bay Area now, we are over 80% of our entire population is vaccinated. That's really high numbers. And so yeah, you still have thousands of vulnerable people and certainly that's that's a concern, but that's, you know, that number is inching down all the time and the more people we get vaccinated and the more people we get boosted, you know, the less that that unvaccinated group will be kind of at risk. And a lot of those unvaccinated folks are those little kids, those kids under age five who aren't eligible yet, and even the five to 11 year olds who aren't fully vaccinated yet. And frankly, you know, they're not going to be the ones ending up in the hospital. So that, you know, again, means, yeah, we might see an uptick in cases, which is not fun to watch and nobody wants to see that. There's a very good chance that won't be sort of then passed on to the, the hospitals. All right, Aaron. Well, we should tell our listeners this is the first time we've sat across from each other in the same room, along with our producer, King Kaufman, to record this episode. So some things are changing. It's been really great. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining me again, Aaron. Thanks for having me again, Damien. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle reporter Aaron Alday, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.